Um, we're going to get on a couple of scriptures before we get to Revelation 2, but that's in way of introduction. Um, we're looking at an awesome truth this morning. Um, this is um, something that uh, I believe very few of us um, really, really dwell on, very few of us know. And those of us who do know it, um, this truth, and I'm not setting up caste systems, it's just what we emphasize in the church. Um, okay, I'm very sorry. That, that has no spiritual implications. You're a beautiful woman and you're godly and I think that was an attack. Um, Alright. Um, now you're listening, aren't you? Sailing pounds. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that. Um, anyway, but of the people who, who cognitively know this stuff, I, I think even fewer really dwell on it. And, and it's a key to some, some great things, great stuff in God's Word. Have you ever been envious of, of someone who has something great coming in their life? Of course not. You're in church, right? Yeah. Okay, thanks. You, you know, you're real. Um, let's say, let's say a friend uh, that you know, somebody on your street, somebody you work with maybe, is, um, has won the lottery, okay? Um, but it, it, it's not just anyone. It, they waited until it got big and fat. It's like 175 million. But here's here's there's one regulation. Um, it's the money is going to stay in trust for them for three years. Okay. Um, now, assuming nothing, that their life is not to end in three years, right? Um, how 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 would you feel about that person? Right? How do you think they're going to um, live those three years uh, until they become? stupid rich. Um, do you think that things are going to bother them as much as they otherwise would have? Do you think they are going to work to try to get rich um, as much as they otherwise would um, if they weren't in that circumstance? Do you? What, 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 what if it was you? What if it was me? Would we live those three years when we're waiting um, for that windfall? Um, the same? I don't think so. I, I don't think we would. And here's the point. Um, I think we'd be a lot less likely to become hopeless. I think things that bother us and worry us probably wouldn't quite so much. Um, and if, here, here we're getting around to, um, if something as temporary and as, as cheap as, as money can have that kind of transforming effect on our hearts and our um, sensibilities, our sense of reality. How much more if it was all the riches of the universe in Christ Jesus? Okay? Um, they're very, very similar. Um, how much more? Uh, and so we get to uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9 that says, and this if you ever spend any time in this verse, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, that's what God has prepared for those who love him. Okay, so in trust for you, if you are in Jesus Christ, if you belong to him, it is far better than you, it, it's mind-blowing. Okay, you can't, you can't get your brain around it. Okay, joy is brilliant. She's a brilliant, she can't even imagine 
Why? Because no eye, you haven't seen anything that does justice to what he's prepared, prepared for you. You have not heard of anything like this, nor have I. Our mind, the most um, science fiction, geek tech nerd in the world who draws and writes all these fantastical things cannot imagine what God has prepared for you. You, if you love him, if you've allowed him to love you fully. That is mind-blowing. So the example of a friend who has three years in this trust of $135 million, pity them because they have paltry wins. Okay? Do you, do you get that? Most of us. So here's the point. Jesus wants us to live in this reality and not just when we step over the line from this life on earth to life beyond that. Okay? Now, most of us, most of us would define our reality, the reality that we live in, our, our concept of, of, of life as, okay, this is just the introduction, we got as our current circumstances, right? You would define that as your current circumstances. I'm working and I'm exhausted. I, I'm in financial difficulties. I'm a student. I'm worried about my grades and I'm worried about my relationships and my future. Uh, I'm trying to raise kids that are giving me grave damage. I'm in a marriage, and I love my spouse, but I wish things were better. Um, I'm going with the flow. I am liking where things are right now. I am stuck in a rut, and I've been here so long, I don't know if I'm ever going to get out. Um, I, got, I got some things I'm excited about. I got an addiction that's crushing me. I don't know. Some of you are saying, I don't. I need to get real with Jesus, draw close to Jesus, but I never seem to take that step. And then some of us are in that if then, when then can, you know, if I could just get to this person, if I could just get to this point in my life, if I could just get to this place, if I could just get to this event, then things. Okay. So we would define our current reality as our current circumstances. And, and, and I want you to know that as long as we allow current circumstances to define the reality that we envision, that the reality that we walk in and live in, then we will forever fall short of all the wonderful things that Jesus has provided for us, promised to us, and equipped for us. He, he calls us to live in that reality. And this morning, uh, you and me, all of us, I just want us to make our minds up to just, just to take the next step in that beautiful direction of of recalibrating our sense of reality. Um, okay, um, that's what we do here uh, in our study of Revelation, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on. Um, call live ready. We're more than about halfway through of Jesus' uh, seven letters to the churches, and in each one we see at the end he does sort of a P.S. Okay, he does a P.S. to the one who conquers. Okay, that's what he says. To the one who conquers. Isn't that interesting? Jesus ends things in, in each of these letters with this encouragement, with this nudging, with this calling of us into this victorious life, this marvelous light that we sang about. Um, 
in that direction, to take the next step. Whatever that next step is for you, into that life as a conqueror, life as a victor in him, um, wouldn't you say that um, that's much better than day-to-day drudgery and tasks and the meaningless passage of time between all too few times when we actually live in light of eternity? Um, instead, we live for the weekend many times. And, and that's where we are. But Jesus offers us life in him, life through him in that reality, and he wants to make us more than conquerors. I want you to see that from his words so you know I'm not making it up. Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8 real quick. You don't have to turn there because you're in Revelation 2. That's where you're supposed to be. Um, uh, verse, verse 35 and 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger, or sword. Now, if you have all these things, don't make that your reality. Because that won't separate you. No, 37 says, I want you to read this with me, if you can, uh, please, as if your life depended on it. Okay? Loud. No. In. Your life depends on it. Come on, come on, come on. Ready? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him, that's Jesus, who loved us. Good. Good. Let that be tattooed on your heart. No, in all these things and everything else, we are more than conquerors through Jesus who loved us. Now, um, why did I ask you to read it with me as if your life depends on it? Because it does. Because it does. And, and mine does too. Um, your life, my life, will either be as more than a conqueror in Jesus, or we'll be a victim. We're a victim of life, a victim of, a victim of our own desires. Um, there's not a middle ground. And Jesus, in his love, um, is calling us, wooing us into, into being conquerors in him. In Him. So um, the bottom line, what is a conqueror? Um, we let the Bible answer the Bible's questions. So um, we're going to do that First John 5, 4, and 5. Here it is real quick. Um, so as he addresses conquerors in, in each of these letters in Revelation, it's important that we know who it is. Uh, here it is in the same earthly author, same scribe, John writes, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Okay, now, you say, who's a conqueror? And then you bring up a verse that has the word overcome. Very important point to remember, that in the original Greek, in the original Greek, the, the word conqueror that is in Revelation, in all of those letters, and the word here, overcome, or overcomer, is the same exact word. It is nikao, nikao. And that means to pull off the same miraculous victory that Jesus did. To pull off the same miraculous victory that Jesus did. So everywhere, how do we conquer, how do we overcome? Two ways. It is not, as many people believe, the, the people who live what most people would call a good life. 
can't get my squeaky clean one. They don't do this. They stay married. They love it. Yeah. As good as all that stuff is, that is not the definition of the one who conquers. Here it is. There's two reasons from this verse. Who gets to do that? <coughs> not the people who most would call living a good life. Not everyone who is breathing. Not everyone who is here, necessarily. Not everyone who was born in a, of their mother. Not everyone, only those, what? Born of God. Born of God. Who have accepted his free gift. Who, who take the exchange life. Who know that Jesus went to the cross in our place for our sins and, and rose for our life. Right? And have placed his their trust in that. Okay? Those born of God. Some call that being born again, entering into new life, whatever you call it. That is who is a conqueror. Second reason, verse 5. Here we see, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, you remember when we talked about love um, several weeks ago and we said that's kind of a junk drawer word um, because we use it for so many things? Um, we believe is, is one of those words that um, we just hijacked and, and attached a lot of things. Believing is more than somebody who was raised in a Christian home said, yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. It's more than somebody who, if asked, would say, by the way, is Jesus God? Is Jesus God's son? He, yeah, yeah, he is. It's more than that. How I know? Well, when Jesus came to the demons to cast them out, they said as much. They, they said as much. They knew that. What is it then? It is someone who is so captured by Jesus and his gospel that the entire, they have thrown their entire weight on that, their entire hope on that. Um, they have pushed all their chips into the middle of the table on Jesus, if you will, um, as their Lord, as their Savior, as their hope, as their joy. And, and some of us, some of us, I don't know that all of us are, are, are there fully. I don't know anybody who's there, but, but we can take the next step. We can, we can take the next step. I know, I know there's that, you know, for me to stand before you and say I'm fully surrendered, and Jesus shows up, I, you know, I find out how much I'm still holding on to, right? So the key is for me and you and all of us to take the next step into that. Step into that's what believing means. It doesn't mean just mental assertion, it's trusting fully. It's throwing all our weight, all our hope. It's living in such a way that if Jesus is not Lord, we're done. Our lives are just shattered. Into that point. That's that's what we say. Okay. Well, here we go. Revelation 2, you say, I was there. I've been there for an hour. Okay, Revelation 2. Um, we're going to pick it up in 26 and 27. We're going to look at a few of the things that in light of all this, in light of all this, Jesus is saying, you know, eternity is not about angel diapers and clouds and playing the harp and all that stuff. It is about some pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Here we go. Um, we looked at the letter to the church in Thyatira last week, but we didn't get to this part. 26. The one who conquers, and now you know who that is and what that is, who keeps my works until the end, that that's like the end of your life. 
Arizona. I like the end of Sunday. <laughs> okay, who keeps my works until the end. To him, get this, I will give authority over the nations. And he or she will rule them with an, a rod of iron as with when, as when earth, uh, earthen pots are broken into pieces. I'm so consumed with that, I can't even believe it. Even as I myself have received authority from the Father. Did you just get that? If you are in Christ, not because of your own effort, this is all by grace, don't mishear me. This is all a gift. If you are in Christ, the thing that is held in trust for you in three years, surprise, it's going to be less than three years for somebody in this church. I do funerals every year. That's not a, tra I mean, that's a tragedy for the people left behind. But for the people in Christ, this is what is laid up. You're going to rule the nations. I, I didn't say it. Jesus is. Some of you, it's just incredible. Jesus is going to come set up a kingdom on earth, and the Bible promises that if you belong to Jesus, you're going to rule the nations with him in his kingdom. We're going to be like co-kings. Does that not blow your mind? I don't even get to pick out the Redbox movies. I'm going to be ruler of nations. Kimberly, isn't that cool? That is on you. You're going to co-king, yeah. I don't understand how it happens. The Bible, we have other verses. I want you to go uh, on your own time. 1 Corinthians 6.3. We're going to judge the angels. Okay? We don't have time to go there this morning. But it is awesome. We are heirs. We're going to get to more of this in just a second. This is what's waiting for you. Okay, check it out on your own. I'm not making it up. Flip the page. Revelation 3.21. It's probably just a page away. Unless you got one of those huge print, I'm almost blind, Bibles and then four pages. But you get it. 3.21. Here we go. To the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Do you get this? The one who belongs to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about the all-star Christian. I'm talking about the one who's just humbly trusting, loving, believing, standing. That's whom we're talking about, remember? Sit with me on my throne. Those of you who are trying to jockey during this life to get the best places, the best seats, you get the best seat in the universe. Sit with me on my throne in the same way that I sat down with my father on his throne. It seems to me that all the things that Christ deserves, he's giving to those who trust in him. That is incredible. Well, I don't know if the throne is kind of a love seat kind of deal, configuration, or if you're sitting on Jesus' lap. I don't care. That is incredible. That is incredible. So think. Think like it. Talk like it. Believe like it. Plan like it. Be comforted like it. Do you think Prince William, who just married Kate Middleton, you know, he's, he's like the Prince of Great He's an heir. He is in line to take the throne, right? Throne of Great You think 
Prince William is waking up and saying to himself, Man, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate getting up. I've got to take a shower. I've got to put on these creepy clothes. It's trash day. I've got to go to work. I've got to see my annoying secretary. I just hate my life. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be king of Great Britain someday. That's pretty cool. You're not doing that. He's mostly going to be a figure. <laughs> You're going to rule the nations with Jesus Christ. Now, either you believe it or you don't. But I didn't make it up. I didn't make it up. Why are we not living like that? After all, your future is much better than his. The highest, greatest honor imaginable offered to people like with let him down so many times and just fall on his grace people like you that blows me away you think that blows them. that's what we get to look forward to if you're an Islamist if, if, if you, what do you get what are they looking forward to what a hundred virgins really that's the best you got a hundred wives? Do they not broadcast um, sister wives in their country? This guy's got four, and it's a nightmare. We're going to look at one more. Then we got to see what it means for us here and now. Revelation 2, 17. Five. Another letter, another promise. 2.17, to the one who conquers, I will give him some of the hidden manna, I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except for the one who receives it. This is what's waiting for you, Jesus people. Um, so we have three things here, right? He's going to give us some of the hidden manna. If you remember, when the Israelites were going through the wilderness, God would rain down this sweet bread kind of substance called manna to sustain them, to feed them. If you look in Exodus 16, you'll see that when they traveled, they took the Ark of the Covenant. They took the Ark of the Covenant, and in the Ark, they would hide what? Manna, some, some bread. And that symbolizes the bread of life. It symbolizes Jesus. Do the one who overcomes. I will feed you on myself. I will be your food. I will be your drink. I will give you all of me. I will give you all that is included in having a close relationship with me. I will give you forever the bread of life. I'm going to feed you me. That will sustain you and satisfy you and delight you forever. And we need not live in that reality when we stop taking bread down here. We can begin it. He wants to give us the hidden manna. He wants to give us a white stone. Oh, big deal. My grandparents have a ton of those in their driveway. No, no. Here's, here's a very interesting, um, very interesting historical note. Back around the first century, when they would have their version of the Olympic Games, the victor, okay, picture me. The victor would get not a gold medal and a Wheaties contract. They would get, as part of their prizes, as part of their winnings, a precious white stone. 
And this stone was often used as an admission, as their ticket, if you will, to get into the huge feast, the awesome huge celebration, the, the lavish post-victory party that was for the winners. So when Jesus presents you with the white stone, it's as if you're getting your ticket into the eternal celebration of the victors in Christ Jesus for what he has done in and through his people. White stone. Now, it also says, and, and you know that victory is his. We just, we're, we're just piggybacking. You know what I'm saying? It's victory in Jesus. It's, it's the old hymn. He's already won. And we're just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to be part of that. Yeah. New name written on that stone. Every time, every time I, I, I talk about this, people always come up and say, what's my name? Finish reading. No one knows except the one who receives it. But the only people who are going to know this name are, are you and, and Jesus. Did you get that? How Cool that is that is the height of a personal relationship, right? How many of you are parents or you have parents and they have your mom or your dad, maybe both of them, they have this special name that they call you that nobody else calls you. Why is that? Because they love you and know you in a way that nobody else loves you, and it might be peanut, it might be whatever. It might, who knows, right? That's the height of personal relationship and love. Uh, a year ago, we had three Ryans on the staff. We said, hey, Ryan! Nobody knew who you were talking to. So to solve that, we got rid of two. Get the best. No. <laughs> I'm kidding about that first part, but not the second. Um, can you imagine? I mean, I mean, unpack this for eternity, right? I mean, Jesus is on his throne, and you're sitting there. He wants to do a shout-out for Jennifer. Hey, love you, Jen! And like 10,000 women all turn around and go, Love you too, Jesus! And then they start bickering about who he was really talking to. It gets heated, and a cat fight breaks. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. That would not happen. I don't think I have that problem. Still. Jesus had Jesus has a special going to be your connection with him, right? One that he calls you, so you love him like no other. He loves you like no other. It's personal. You're not one in a million, ten million faces in heaven. He loves you personally with a new name written on that's only yours. Because his love for you is so personal. And why do we wait for that reality to when we stop reading here, right? He's calling us into it now, now. Okay, there's a lot for us. Just an overview glimpse. Jesus ruled the nations, royal family, judged the angels, sit on the throne, hidden man, a white stone, pardoned the secret name. It's for eternity. How long, how long is eternity? I got uh, an illustration, no one can quote. Um, I did this, uh, about three years ago. Now, Francis Chan does this, and he says he's been doing it for 18 years. Now, although 
I've only been doing it for three years, and you've been doing it for 18 years. I think you still stole from me. So um, I don't know the theology behind that. But this is a rope. When I did it three years ago, I think I used yarn. But, you know, we're always changing things up here. You just never know what's going to happen. When I did it three years ago, I think um, I think I sent Mary Perkins running into the parking lot with one end of the yarn. Anybody remember that? It was fun. Mary's going to come at 1030. We'll see if we can get her to run in. Um, but I want you to picture uh, this, this rope as going on forever. It kind of disappears behind the stairs. In reality, it's tied to the banister there. But I want you to imagine that it goes on forever. For eternity, it passes all the space junk, uh, the moon, the planets, the solar systems. Uh, it just goes on forever. I want you to picture that. Um, this rope uh, represents your existence, your existence, um, because we will all exist um, somewhere, in some state. It goes on and on. I want you to picture this blue part at the end. Um, let's take This is your time on earth. This is your short time on earth, right? And, and the crazy thing, the really crazy thing is um, you and I have just a little bit of time and, and what we do here determines what we do here. More importantly, what Jesus has done how we've allowed that to affect our lives here. Can, can you see how, how crazy it is? How our concept of reality. Um, I want to be real happy and real popular right here. Right here, because that's what really matters to me. I want to be real successful right here. Right here. And I'm going to pour my life into being real successful here. Because if I am, I can save and save and save, and then I can retire on the beach in Florida in luxury right here. Do, do, do you see? Do you see how crazy that is? Because right here, you and I are going to stand before Jesus Christ. And the only thing that is going to matter is have I thrown the whole weight of my trust, the whole weight of into receiving his love, into trusting in his cross, into trusting in his grace. And because we have so sweet love here, that's been won for us by Jesus Christ through his finished work on the cross. What if? What if we spent this time and all our resources and all our energy and all our focus on living in that reality? And because it's so great and we love so many people, inviting them into this great, great future. And if we really buy the Word of God, if we really believe what we've just seen, what He's just shown us in His Word, and this goes on for millions and millions of years, forever. And it's more glorious than I can put words to than we have ever seen, than we've ever heard, than we've ever imagined. 
then when things get all up here, how are we going to react to it? Here's the crazy part. Here's the really crazy part. The Bible tells us again and again, in many, many different ways, that our focus, the thing that we get consumed by and obsessed by, is this life. When we, when we get obsessed and focused on this one, it brings life and healing and freedom and joy and, and ministry into this one. See, we've only got one shot at this one. We've only got one shot at this one. And let me tell you, it can end for any of us. I'm not here to scare you. It's just reality. In any time, but even if you live like to 100, this this tape is far too wide for that. This is way out of proportion. It's too big. You got one shot. I want to live with this defining my mind, my reality. It's beautiful. So a couple. Are you living in the reality of what Jesus has prepared, <coughs> called you to, and promised you if you are in Jesus Christ? Or do you define your life your current circumstance? Are you and I striving in this blue section to earn and get for us the temporary and cheap ways? What has already been earned, already won, and already promised to us for all eternity? Power, comfort, joy, celebration. Or are we striving to earn that which in earthly wisdom? What is there to for us? Are we conquerors here by becoming servants? Paul says, I'm going to run this race, I'm going to run this marathon, I'm going to spend my life, I'm going to invest my life. I'm going to pour my life into Jesus Christ and other people because I know what matters. Because when I reach here, that is all that's going to matter. And for the length of this, that is all that's going to matter. Knowing that, I'm going to live different. I'm going to rebel against everything the world is calling me to rebel against. I'm not going to make my life the quest for comfort here. I'm going to make my life the quest for his glory here and here by loving and serving him and loving and serving other people. That's the reason I have everything I have. I'm running. Because my race could end at any point. I want that. <coughs> because we're conquerors here, we can be conquerors here as he is a servant. Finally, knowing about eternity, are you spending life now preparing for it? Knowing about eternity, are you spending your life now preparing for it? Or are you and I seeing reality as this and wasting our time, wasting our life? In the reality 
Lord, you are good, and we so need to come under your word. We so need all, everybody here, me included, to come under the, the correction of your truth, of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we need to be recalibrated. We need to be rebooted. We need to focus, help us focus on eternity and what you have promised, what you have provided. And Lord, that will help us rise above. You will help us rise above our current circumstances and treat everything and treat everyone with an eternal perspective. Lord, we don't want to waste time. We want to live in the reality and the joy and the confidence of what you have earned by your cross, by your sacrifice, that we have by grace as your free gift. Lord, we want that. Lord, um, so many times I and others here have sought uh, pleasure and comfort to a degree that it has crowded out internal perspective. That everything a tool that we can use to, uh, to bring glory to you by serving you and inviting others into this wonderful, eternal relationship, friendship with you. Lord, um, white stone, new name, sitting on your throne, it's all Lord, knowing that we have that, let us feel the joy. Let us know the comfort. Let us know the confidence. Lord, so many of us uh, believe in our head. But we haven't pushed all our chips in the middle of the table and haven't um, thrown all our weight at the Lord. And we want to. Desperately want to. Help us now to take the next step. Some of you feel like you know that um, you are on the outside of this looking in, um, that you are not a member of the royal family by adoption of Jesus Christ, by adoption of the Father. Here's, here's 